I need my coffee, ho. 20 years rolling with that OG Joe. I got me a big ass cup. Sipping that shit make me bust a nut. Motherfuckers try to talk about some tea. Nah, fool. Grind them beans. Get your fat ass up and start my brew. If you're lucky, bitch, I might say thank you. Cause all you need to know, I need my coffee, ho. I need my coffee, ho. Yeah. Well, hiya, Matt. Uh, how's it going, buddy? You got a job yet? Dude, <laughs> I keep hearing about how, how it's like minus 40 and everywhere in the U.S. Like, you oh, know, brutal, brutal here. Talking about the weather is kind of lame, but at sometimes it's pretty awesome when you're on the not on the cold end of it. it is it done? Yeah, it's done. I'm coming up there tomorrow, Lance, coming to the U.S. And oh, I didn't know that. Almost, yeah. Almost every time I take a trip to the U.S., the temperature drops 50 or 60 degrees like while I'm on the plane up there. So I think the spirits missed it, dude. That that storm or that cold front was supposed to happen next week. Yeah, it, it was nasty. I didn't like it at all. Does it still bother you? Do you, do you care? Uh, it's annoying because it just disrupts routine. But, you know, there's all these things that I read that this will kind of dovetail into our conversation later about how we all need to do harder things and be tougher and endure, you know, discomfort, things like that. And so I'll kind of get pissed at myself. Uh, and by the way, I'm on these like, I don't know, these blog communities, podcast communities of stupid shit like that, which is why the topic this week will uh, is even uh, viable in my life. But yeah, no, I'll kind of get pissed. Oh, well, you can't handle the cold. Ah. Can't go for a walk today because it's negative eight. Um, That's the fringe, would you say? You like you focus on information from the fringe. It's more of like it's. I call it, um, yeah, sort of subculture self help. I see. I, dude, I think that you're right. That should lead into our conversation about uh, financial and stuff. But I, I, I get into that stuff too because. Uh, like the the regular ideas i i don't know why i, re- I reject them like the medical medical the regular medical field for some reason i have this like distrust of for no no good reason it's like oh that might be no you're right walking in eight degrees might be better than staying warm because a, a registered doctor thinks that you should probably be inside well must be something to being cold i, I don't i don't know right well, but there is that whole thing about sacrifice and going through stuff and finding yourself through and traumatic or hard moments. But I don't think walking your fucking dog at minus four is going to help you find God or, or no. anything else or your future. No, and I don't have the same distrust for the medical community, but I still uh, get captivated by the kind of philosophy of uh, we live in a society that has pulled us farther and farther away from our biology and you know, that I get captivated by idolizing the hunter-gatherer societies, even though we can go into sort of the brutal dark side of that, but uh, where we're just dis- really distanced from nature and how much more depression, anxiety there are, and I can get on that. I can get on that bandwagon, baby, and roll and roll and roll until I start wanting to do crazy stuff. I think, I actually think I... Now that I hear you say it, I agree with that more than my distrust. From, I don't have a distrust from medical society. I just have, I have a, 
I guess what I distress is people leaning on it for solutions that maybe, you know, if you have a broken leg, there's really one solution. Like get your ass to the hospital, have a doctor help you, right? Like reset it. But if you're overweight or diabetes, a lot of people would say that's also the same solution is have a doctor walk you through the process. That to me is like, maybe not always the case. Maybe that there's another way, like you're saying, re- revert back to this ba- this to the life life that our for millions of years our bodies were were uh, genetics were trained to to do right, and and right. maybe that's the solution. So, all right, and that's this week's episode. <laughs> what do you think about self care? Because now I think the pendulum is swinging back, where uh, some folks are just like making fun of people who are doing constant self care, like oh my massage, my I need yeah. to go to my acupuncturist and drink my. Uh, what do you call those uh, green smoothies? But I uh, forget the name. I'm glad those people are out there because I think they they push me a little bit back to reality. <laughs> like it's just too much, and uh, even the man man manscaping shit and manicure. Like I'm like, take it easy, bros. Like I, I don't know. Yeah, that stuff's a little too much. But but I do. I am sitting guilty, like watching. You know, Netflix will put out shows about. Uh, maybe not that, but just stuff that you can do for yourself, like eating more vegetables or something like that. Or, uh, but I don't do any of that shit. I don't even like going to a gym. I, I mean, I'd much rather just, I just was running in a field actually, just in, running sprints in a field. Like, I love it. Yeah. Well, I, I say it because I'm susceptible to all of that quirky stuff, which is why we'll have the, uh, the luxury or we'll have the enjoyment of talking about me retiring earlier because that's what the topic is this week but i'm more curious about for the moment here while we're in the intro matthew you got a job what's your job (laughs) when you gonna find a job when you gonna make money for your family i can update the listeners is i'm going to colorado to visit my family tomorrow's the 17th to 31st and i like an idiot put a put a whole lot of stock into just all right gotta get there for two weeks and then after that life is gonna come to me and the the epiphany is gonna happen up there and that's probably putting a lot of pressure on february 1st but uh so the answer is no i don't i don't i'm not any closer to finding anything i every 10 minutes i change my mind about what i want to do or i don't want to do and uh you know I might need like financial pressure to, to really force me into it. Now my current, I've t- I don't know if I talked to this on the air, but I, I, I've been making pizza, selling some pizza with some friends for a long time. I'm like, maybe that is it. I, I need to stop like denying that. Cause then I, I get, here's what happens. I go, I should just open a pizzeria. And then I go, I should open a pizzeria, which also is like a sort of an English school down here. So people can go hang out, eat some good food and be learning English in like a, a social way because conversations like really how you learn a language and then i go okay so now i gotta have a bit of a language school in the pizzeria but oh shit i want my kids to hang out there gotta have a basketball court in my in my restaurant language school wait can't just have a basketball court because my daughter likes uh skateboarding and playing soccer so i gotta put some goals in little artificial turf so before i'm done like i can't stop oh i probably should have like a playstation like bean bags with the big screen area for kids to hang out too so I've, so before I'm done, I'm in a, like a $15 million project. What could be easily tomorrow, I could probably be selling pizza. 
for 600 bucks a month rent and oven for 10 grand, I could probably be doing something I actually like, but, but I, but I just, but then I go, Oh shit, but I can't do that because then, then it's a restaurant schedule. And then like, and then I'm never going to see my kids and I'm working on the weekends and I'm never going to surf. And like, and I don't know, like I find the block, I find the block in any plan. Yeah, no, it makes sense though. Cause you're, you got a lot on your plate, so to speak. No pun intended. I, I mean, everybody has a lot on their plate. Like, the plate is just sitting there. Like, I need to eat something off the plate. And then the dominoes should start to fall. But I made all the dominoes can't fall until after this trip for some reason. Or something's right. going to happen while I'm up there freezing my ass off. And then I go, oh, that's it. A message from God. And God's like, I've sent you a lot of messages, bro. Has anything in your life, though, worked out as like an epiphany or this just transformational moment? Or has it all just been like, I tried this, I tried that, and here we go? No, I never had that. Have you? Have you ever had the light bulb? Like, I never no. have. No. But then, I, then I'm like, that light bulb never happened. I'm waiting for it. And I'm just losing time. Like, right. you know, people that never, never went through the light bulb phase. I don't know. Like my brother who, who's a lawyer or maybe he did. I don't know, but, but it didn't matter. Cause he stayed on the path. Like he's like, maybe this isn't the light bulb. Oh, I got the idea to invent Amazon or something. Right. But he went to law school, just kept plowing through. And now he's, whether he liked the battle or not, he's been, he has something going on in his early fifties and has a path to, to an exit. Like, it's like, do you just pick your battle and go, you know, or do you start saving a lot of money to get yourself in a situation that you can go on with? <laughs> Is that ridicule? That was a segue, but I, I couldn't hold my lap. Uh, yeah. But you, I don't know. Wait, were you saying, talking against the, the epiphany? You were saying it's never going to happen. Stop waiting for it. Or are you just asking me if that's the type of guy I am? I just was pretending to be curious while also like leading you to my idea, which is that the epiphany thing is, is, is unlikely to be, you're not going to just come back on February 1st. I've had a moment in Denver and likely go, yes, I am going to sell weed. Uh, right. I think you just have to try certain things. And I'd say the ones with the lowest barrier, AKA Matt's pizza world, uh, might be worth just trying. It's not like you're going to lose your shirt trying to sling some pizzas. Yeah. Do you think I should make it a brothel or just pizza as well? Or I want it to be anti-mainstream. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to say that the English idea is pretty, pretty solid, but it wouldn't be the first thing you'd start with. In my humble MBA you opinion. You could do like a night, a night of it. Right. And, and then, yeah, I, you know, it's just it goes. like, I was just, you got comedy. The other... Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold oh, up. Hold up. All, right, all, right. all right. Check it out. You got pizza, and I'm assuming the pizza's good because you're continuing to sell it. All right. Then you go up. You got English. Then you got comedy night. Then you have seniors 94 men's group night. You got all right, kinds right. of opportunities. Live recordings. Yes. That's exactly what I've been thinking. But And then, you know what, their conversation with Andrew last week. By the way, did you like Andrew personally? Oh, of course. Nice guy, huh? Yeah. He's dope. Light all guy. around dope. I hope I hope we can go see him do stand up sometime. Uh, I think, or you should seek it out. Very funny, dude. 
And and what I was talking about, how he always had this good stage presence. Like I was listening to our episode, his laugh, like he has this laugh that that makes you just laugh, like or, or like laugh at the idea. It's it's, it's mm-hmm. weird. It's not like this loud, boisterous laugh. It's just like, hey, by the way, this is funny. It's like he's just constantly reminding you that what he's saying is is like, here's a witty thing. But not condescending. Right. Not at all. But not overly self-deprecating where you, where you get this pity fest either. It's like a nice bit of self-loathing with, with confidence or something like that. So, But, uh, but the reason I brought him up is because to your point about you have, I could do all these things. I was like, you know what? I could do these English classes through the lens of stand-up comedy and hire some friends to write, to write it a little bit, like how to make it really funny. Because you can, you go to, you know, you go learn Spanish or English and you, and you go through these basic word, word, uh, verb conjugations, all this stuff. But if you're learning English on, let's just say shit that you should never say when you're in bed with somebody or, or things you should say, right? That would, that would be so much more engaging and funny and get people to open up. And then that, that's just a dumb example, but you get what I'm saying? So if you yeah. had good writers, but I, what did Andrew say? He's working for 700 bucks an hour. I might not be able to afford that. See, so here we go. Here's my block. But now, that idea is, I mean, I'm not sure how you got to it from pizza, but maybe, <clears throat> maybe it's connected. You want to, yeah. you want to create your own English classes now as a secondary idea. Well, I just think someone's, I like the idea of, well, for revenue speaking, you got two <laughs> revenue streams. So they're eating, eating pizza, probably drinking. They're, they're sitting there having fun, like talk, having conversations. And then you also, you got it. You have to sell something on the English side. So you give them like, well, this is why this is better than you just go sitting in some fucking uh, community center and being like, I'd like to eat. I enjoy Friday. Friday is fun. Like, and then going through, through that shit. So my, that's how I sell the idea. But then I'm also selling, selling food and, and they're They'll get addicted to the pizza. Garen fucking teed, bro. So, so that's I like it. There's the energy. Like, if I I can't freeze this though, I cannot freeze this moment in time. Like, if you come back to me in three hours, I'll be like, nah, the plan didn't work out. And you'll be like, why? I don't know. Yeah, but you know, I've talked to you enough, Noah, that the pizza comes up. The pizza piece as a as a anchor to other ideas has come up several times. So I'm not saying that's the direction to go. But. Right. The other thing, uh, it all sounds good. Then I'm just a lazy POS too. That, then this is as far as I get because I'm like, uh, yeah, that all sounds good. But then that requires some movement, everything. Pizza is nice, a nice, easy, replicable thing once you really learn what you're doing. It's just, it's like working on assembly line. It's it's great. You you look and you go, I had this here, pile of ingredients. I had this over here and I see people happy and some money. And it's it's just like, spin the wheel. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. You know, it's kind of nice. Yeah. And the, well, the English, th- my English through stand-up comedy thing is some ridiculous idea on how to bridge everything I've ever done in my life into one thing. Like, yeah, but. But you could so, do that in the context of the English courses while eating pizza, I think. Well, so you're not take, and you're, taking and, too and much you, risk. Not to talk too much about this, but in your heart, do you think that the putting it all together is just ridiculous and it's like just pick one thing and go? Or or 
do you see it? Do you see the vision? Is this the epiphany happening right in front of you? I see it as viable. Actually, I would tell you if I thought it was total beat bullshit. I will, yes, if I, if somebody was asking me to use my MBA, Matt, that I got in 2008, <laughs> I would say that you would uh, start with the fa- um, the core product that's going to yield revenue and make sense to most consumers. Also known as right. selling pizza. The, a brothel house. I got it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Well, and then you could, I could do the other things through that lens, right? Like a night of this. Like Thursday night is English night, not necessarily. Right. You can see uh, if that has legs. Right. But, but you, you can't do any of that other stuff unless the pizza sells. I started contacting restaurants to be like, you, you only like cafes and like to rent out their place. And then I was like, why would they do this? And why would I do this? Why would they want someone to come into their place, make money on the food? And why do I need their place? Say, if I'm going to run out of places, it should just be a space. Right. Right. Like, and then I stopped and went surfing. <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh... Well, you can you can talk to me more about it while while we're there. All right. And the the big D, bro. Are you gonna be around the next few weeks? I don't want to I don't want to make any plans and have a bunch of paparazzi and listeners fucking bothering us. So let's let's do it off air. All right. If we're gonna yeah. meet up, I don't want to. I don't want that shit. I can't. I I got enough on my plate, bro. Reserve the right to be offended. No, literally, reserve the right to be offended for a fee of $99. Be offended by anything without judgment from us. Be offended that John Deere put an African-American in their tractor commercial. That's bullshit. Be offended that someone said, congratulations on your pregnancy. After all, you're actually pregnant, but people should assume the worst. Like maybe you were so wrong. Only you know you're having a healthy baby with your husband of 12 years, but you can still reserve the right to be offended. We don't care what you're offended by. Just pay $99 and reserve your right. Middle-aged man, news and trends. Middle-aged man, news for you. So I got tricked today. I was online looking at something. I saw an ad for what I thought was like middle-aged man uh, aging help or vitality. I clicked on it. Turns out it was just some sort of treatment for erectile dysfunction. And there was actually supposedly a testimonial from a wife that claimed that this pill cured their marriage. It actually saved their marriage because her husband, formerly able to last 30 seconds to a minute in bed, could now... Uh, last time she checked could now last an hour and 47 minutes and I was like all right take it easy iron veg like an hour and 47 minutes first of all that doesn't sound very romantic what are you doing timing in bed personally I've never been able to like maintain an erection when I'm in bed with a woman holding a stopwatch I don't want to feel like I'm having sex with a track coach, like yelling at me about my splits the whole time. It's a lot of pressure. Like, dude, your pace was better on the first 50 thrusts. Pick it up. 
Yeah, okay, take it easy. Like, I don't even know if this is even physically possible. Not even talking about the man, what about the woman? Like, can a woman actually stay wet down there for like an hour and 47 minutes? If she does, I assume when she's done, uh, she looks like one of those runners that just completed the 100 mile race they do in Death Valley. Like, man, that was great, I had nine orgasms. Now call the paramedics. I'm dehydrated, I need an RV. I'm not gonna make it. I'm assuming an hour and 47 minutes, like that's uh, a lot of lube breaks in there, right? Keep, keep keep you lubed up and ready to move. Like, is that hour 47 with the lube breaks or is that in addition? We're we actually talking about two hours and 15 minutes with lube breaks. But really, like, I, I think this one, like, an hour and 47 minute sex uh, ability from her husband saved the marriage. Like, you're sitting there with your stupid stopwatch. Couldn't you, like, cut them off, like, let them off the hook after maybe, I don't know, half hour? Dude, our marriage is gonna be fine. You're doing great. Uh, go ahead and go ahead and do what you gotta do, boss. Finish it up because my vagina has rug burns on it. So we're gonna be great. Don't worry about that. Uh, an hour and forty-seven. Like what? Just dumb marketing that makes your testimonial completely unbelievable. Like take porn as your guide. Like have you ever seen a porn that lasts as long as Braveheart? Of course not. Like, that would get old very fast. You wouldn't need that that long, right? Let's just say uh, you don't need that long to get to where you're going when you're watching porn. Like, the last, I don't know, I'll say hour and 41 minutes of that is a complete waste, right? Like, if you can't get there in a lot less time than an hour and 47 minutes, you got a lot of other issues going on. Can you imagine, like, the classic porn lasting that long? Like, the pizza delivery guy comes... And they have sex for that long. And then afterwards, they're like, oh, no, the pizza's cold. Yep, the pizza's cold. And it actually has mold growing on it. That's how long we've been having sex. But don't worry. I'm not worried about eating right now. Who could be? Because I need emergency hip replacement after the physical mauling I just took. Middle-aged man, news and trends. Middle-aged man. Every time I every time I talk about what the fuck I'm gonna do, I look at you with envy, and I see that you've pretty much beaten that that stress one way or another. Like you you have got off and got out of the rat race, and I can't do that now because I can't go back 15 years ago and change change uh, where I'm at. And so I feel like the only way I'm gonna get out of it is to earn my way out of it to do something I don't I, I'm, I don't necessarily like. But now we have that covered with the pizza brothel English class thing. So I want to talk to you, Lance, and and a lot of people I think that I talk to are like, how is how is Lance hanging out with you on a Tuesday afternoon? What does he what does he do for a living? He's a professional podcaster, is what he does for a living. Is what I tell people. <laughs> what does he got? Doesn't he have a family he's got to take care of? Yes, he has a family he has to take care of. So how did he get there? And immediately people are like. Oh, his wife works, huh? Or, oh, he, uh, he's, he's just having a midlife crisis and he's going to freak and go back to work in a year. That, that, that's kind of like the ideas. Or people are so astounded and immediately get pissed off at themselves. I should have I fucking started saving money years ago. Or I should have. <laughs> or how did I? But I like taking all-inclusive trips to Mexico. Or uh, like, I swear. This yeah. one, and I'm sure you get it face to face. 
So I want to talk. I want to ask you how you how you got to where you're at, uh, which is what I believe is at a pretty young age you've created some financial flexibility, where you are not uh, going to a traditional job anymore. Is that is that how you see where you're at in your life? Yeah. No, and I appreciate the intro, dude, because you summed up the feelings of talking about money in general. Like it's just it's there's a lot of shame with any kind of money conversation. And then the judgment, it's almost immediate, whether you're on one side or the other. So I spent a lot of years of my life just looking at, as I was going through this process to kind of save, but just looking at other people and going, ah, fool, why does he have that big ass truck? That's a $70,000 truck. He's, he likely has no money for his kids for college, just like trashing people. And, but well, I would say it's, it's kind of impossible to not judge. And I wouldn't, um, knock anybody that's that's second guessing or um suspicious of what i've got going on you were you were doing the judging of, uh, essentially for a while oh, my god and if i have to resist it really right now i don't know there's a flex piece of it like look at me there's a stat such an intense status piece of it that's hard for people there's a that like i said the shame part but there's really deep shame deep shame of like, I didn't, I mean, if you probably think through some of the things you're going through right now about finding a job and you've got your kids, like it, it brings up like, that's my role. That's my job. Um, I had found all of that years ago, 10, 15 years ago to be very overwhelming. And, uh, I was just seeking constantly searching for other things, other ways to think about it. And that led me into this financial independence community and got me on a path to retiring early. Can we, and now that you have this podcast, it's clear as mud. Can you just tell, like say that in layman's terms, like quickly what you did and, and what happened? Cause I think that first of all, we can shock some people. Like you can just go when I was X, X, a, uh, years old, I committed to saving this much money so that I could do this. And that's what you did, right? So, and so can you put it like that, sort of? Assuming there are people that yeah, have no idea absolutely. what we're talking about. Well, well, just for some context, like if anybody is exactly. interested in this or wants to like trash it as a concept, the, the, the first principle is that you you believe based upon statistics that a certain amount of money, let's say a portfolio in the stock market, can generate cash flows per year. And the general rule of thumb is whatever I have in the stock market, I multiply that times 4%. And that's what I can reliably count on per year, pretty much for the rest of my life. Bullshit, bullshit. So that principle is called the 4% rule. I'll I'll try to sum it up and then you can tell me this is right. Lance, is for at 47 years old lance essentially retired from the workforce without any sort of like startup success that he sold the company without without any of that stuff it was grinding it out in a corporate job and saving and and that's that's really like what we're talking about here right exactly and so to get specific you're saving i was saving about 45 percent of net income which is an extreme amount (laughs) That's insane. Why not get a job you like, Lance, instead of denying your family joy? That's that's insane. And that causes you, though, to just make different choices that people don't understand. And this is where we go back to like the judgment. 
and um, you almost have to insulate yourself from other people's judgment. So I was, I'd get even more hardcore and even more dismissive of what I would consider everyday, everyday people's approach to life and money. And just, it, it does, it's polarizing. Right, right. Well, I just wanted to sum up, put a summary on, all right, what, what the, the topic here today is how Lance retired at a young age without the shit that you hear about of, oh, well, he sold whatever, PayPal for, or not, none of that shit happened. So that's why I think it's interesting. Uh, it, so I guess the first thing you mentioned is, you know, it, to me, it sounds like a story of sacrifice, but maybe not. And then buy in from, from your family. So, so that might be a good place to start, right? Like, so you had this, you did have an epiphany, in my opinion, to actually do this is kind of ballsy because I would have, I probably would have slipped in the first, it's like, I'm going to save 45% of my salary tomorrow. Let's go to Starbucks. Like it, it would have lasted like 10 minutes, right? So, so you, so you bought in and then how'd you get everybody else to buy in? Or is that not part of the story? So it started off when I needed to buy a new car. I went and bought a Hyundai Sonata, which at the time was like a cheap ass new car. My colleague at work was buying the, uh, like a, a tight Audi, like one of those, you know, I don't know. It was probably 50, 60,000 at the time. I fucking love my Audi, dude. So it's small choices like that, that over time became that 45%. That didn't happen on day one. I mean, I, I have a feeling your life didn't, was not any worse because you're driving around a, a Hyundai. But was there any, any moment where you're sitting in your car like, what a piece of shit. Like, I got to roll down my windows by myself. Like, no, probably Hyundai probably has power windows these days. But. Well, there were actually a few moments. And this is a part of like society as a whole. It does a good job of sucking you into what uh, the majority is doing. It's like, I don't know, some tribal thing. And uh, yeah, there were times where I was kind of embarrassed, to be honest, because I was working a good corporate job and everybody else was driving something nicer. I would expect that people I worked with would look at it and kind of go, why is he driving that piece of shit? I had a colleague because I I also resisted the phone and and I kind of kept the keyboard phone, you know, the old, (laughs) you know, I kept that too long. And, you know, and they're just like, I was at a bar with them. I was like, what, what? your phone's such a, this is a, a woman too. She's like, your phone's such a piece of shit. What the hell? Boo fucking who, Lance. So stuff like that. And then obviously my wardrobe. Uh, and it sounds like I'm, I just like completely resist society altogether. That's not true. Um, I didn't, I mean, I tried to be as normal as possible, but just these, these decisions over time. Um, they, they are, they're sometimes they're triggering and the house we bought is like, I don't know, 2,300 square feet and it's nice. It's in a nice, it's a nice location. You'll come to it. But most people in our situation would pop for like the 4,500 square foot, five bedroom house. And like, it's kind of embarrassing to my kids probably in a, in a very white privileged way, like relative to their lifestyle yeah i love it i just love what people are probably listen to like oh it's a big sacrifice lance and your 2300 right. square foot house pretty funny but in this country yeah. with two people with professional level jobs making those types of decisions adds up and that's basically what it what it was right right and do you think this is a 
is there a, a bottom threshold of what what people that could actually do this? Like someone's out there listening, like and they're working a, a retail job or something, making seventeen bucks an hour. Do you think they they could do this, or is or that you got to a high enough point in your career where it made sense because you're making enough money to to put away forty five percent? Oh, it's definitely easier the more money you make, but it it is relative to the lifestyle you want to lead. The discipline, right? Really kicked off a lot with some teachers, which teachers don't make a ton in the U.S., but teachers um, who were super disciplined. And and they have they can they have the, they know they have their pension coming. I guess too helps a little bit. That's helpful, it, maybe. But you know, yeah. I think anytime you if you want to like examine this movement. People outside of it will find some reason why it's a crock of shit, whether it's like, oh, you, you don't want to work, you know, right. do something you love. You never work a day in your life. Whatever philosophy that people attach to, this particular subject gets them going. It's um, this whole idea of retiring early. And the whole I- the, the word retire really is a it's a it's not the right word because it's just like I'm trying what I wanted to do is buy back some freedom so that I could try new things. I could try this. Right. I, I can go try to learn to kite surf. Like when in my corporate job could I shoot off and go try to learn to kite surf? I guess your kids are fine with cheap ass Domino's pizza because you want a kite surf, Lance. Uh, and those all sound selfish, but that's where it starts. But also like coaching. like Yeah, you're coaching a lot. Yeah. Like that's You're actually... You get judged status-wise for like how much money you you make, and then for we tie our jobs to like what we're contributing to society. So like, I don't know, but you just like coaching. You're not doing it to tell people, look, I'm still I'm still a part of society or, or shit. Like, where kite surfing people might be like, well, that's selfish, but uh, which I totally get because I've spent the last three years trying to get as much time surfing as possible, but. uh you you're fulfilling you're actually busy so retire retire i guess my point is retiring sounds like you're like playing shuffleboard and taking walks that's not exactly what you're doing right right now exactly no i'm doing things that i've been wanting to do for years that the job kind of got in the way of what I, I, do you get a lot of sorry it just made me think of it do you get a lot of pushback like i think people think that 45% is complete bullshit Nobody believes that's possible. Like I, I, people, I told one person this, my, my friend who's, who's a very frugal guy like you, he could probably do it. Uh, and he was like, how is that possible? 45%. Like, do you have any insight on that? Like, where's the, where do you look? I mean, it sounds like a dumb question, but like, give me some places. Can you give the listeners some places to look where they're just, I know it's obvious, but like, where do you look? You mentioned one. You bought a, a Hyundai, which is a very expensive car in Costa Rica, by the way. But uh, sure, but it's not a Lexus. What's a day-to-day hack? Most people get the big three wrong. So their house, they spend, they try to get the best house in the best neighborhood and the biggest house possible. And right there, that alone locks you into. If you, I mean, it locks you into a payment that makes this whole idea of financial independence seem impossible. So you'll have to, you, that's what you'd have to figure out to be able to stay within that means. And it just depends on your income. Like I can still live in what society would consider a luxurious home in an awesome location because of income level. It's not fair. Let me just start there. It's not fair that uh, this isn't easy for everybody, by the way. It's just not. So your house 
And then really, if you can truly resist status, the car thing is your next biggest. What What's like a net on that? Like, are you, did, because you, instead of the Audi and you got the Hyundai, and I'm sure you probably could have went even like less, but you're, that gives you five grand a year. And over the course of 10 years, that 50 grand is, is 50 grand times 4% for the rest of your life. Or is it bigger than that or smaller? Like, how do you, is that how you're doing the math? Like, well, like, yeah, kind of exactly. And you, and so what you do when you make those calculations, you optimize for more savings as you then immediately pull that out of let's, you're obviously going to have a budget in a process like this, but you pull that off the table and direct that towards some sort of investment either real estate or stock market stuff. Uh, that's what you do. But yeah, imagine most people trade, like truly, well, they used to trade out a car every three to four years. And they like new stuff and luxury level stuff. And you just can, you can add that cost up versus like driving a lower cost sedan, you know, not an SUV folks. Yep. Not an SUV, a lower cost sedan for 10, 15 years. And less gas, gas, gas money, tires, all that. All of it. So like what you get to when you get maniacal about this kind of thing is you, you start to map out those cost savings and then redirect that money to, uh, to savings. That's the hardest part. Right. I think a lot of people save, but that money goes away one way or another. So you, you do the action up front, right? I'm not going to go buy, I'm going to make my own coffee every morning. That's good. That's people that go to coffee shops, that might be a hundred bucks a month. That's, that's considerable, right? Yep. But that hundred bucks doesn't go into the investment fund. It goes, you don't else. redirect it. Exactly. You don't read it. That's like the biggest part of the discipline, I think is the, is to get it out of your, your like reach or something like that. It, right? it is. That's number one. And I'll tell you, it's, it's not the type of process that makes you feel like a hero. It, it does at least initially make you feel a little gross. In that you're like, oh, look at me, nickel and diming. Why isn't this money going to charity? And so that, that I think is like an initial judgment of this kind of thing is like, look at all that money you've accumulated to. You could retire early and sit on your ass and, and you could be giving that money to a bunch of people. And yet <laughs> the flip side is most of America is working to make money and just spending it constantly. And that somehow is more noble and so I, I'll get into these comparisons because I obviously want to defend my own choices like everybody else does. But yeah, you, you really take all of that normal stuff. And uh, when, you, when you calculate the savings, you actually truly redirect it in your budget. And you will find that it adds up quick. Right. And it's probably not as you get better at it, it's not that hard to still live like a, an enjoyable life. I mean, you don't even know what you're missing, right? Yeah. What, uh, what about alcohol? I mean, I know you were never a big drinker, but did you have a hard, fast rule on that? Because I, I know a lot of people that like to like to drink and go out to eat, and that's crazy amounts of money, And but it's fun. Like, did you did you put in a rule about going out or, or something like that? Like enough to give yourself some room, but is that is that part of it? Or I would have a real pretty detailed budget, and like every month there'd be like a dining budget that was more than enough. And obviously we're making income to, to justify a normal life. Now I know some folks that like, they really, they're three, four times a week going out and they yeah. don't think about it. And then you look up, I mean, when, before all this, I remember looking up one month and just going, that's $1,100 on just going out in one yeah. month. 
And, and so after it's like, well, what's reasonable? Well, it just depends on who you are and what your, what your values are. But I didn't love the way I felt after eating rest at restaurants. So it was probably lower than maybe some of my friends would do. Yeah. Uh, 15 years ago, or 10 years ago too. I mean, cause you pretty much, you're going out with a family of four. If, if the mom and dad have a few drinks, I mean, you're probably 150, even at like a, just a normal restaurant a, a lot of times now. Right. So if you do that 15 times a month, which sounds like a lot, but let's say you go out Friday, Saturday, maybe you go out, you know, at 15 kind of, you can get there a couple maybe eight, eight, 10 times. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. You're, you're almost at a couple grand. And, uh, but I know a lot of people would just go, yeah, but that, that's I, that's what I love to do. It's my pleasure. And then you just go, good. Well, then work till you're 90. Enjoy your cafes. Well, that is what you'll hear. But I would, you know, if, if, if I were to like get in front of anybody and go, okay, what are you really, what are you really about? Like, what do you really value? And we had, like, I would do this with my wife and she's like, oh God, shut up. No, 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 no. What, what do you really value? It turns out like... Both of us mostly value like uh, walking, hiking, kind of like making dinner together and then like having a great conversation. You're only saying that because you're cheap as fuck and you want to save even more money. None of which require us to go get lit and have a salmon, a high-end salmon dinner right. at wherever. Free shit. Yeah. Yeah. All, a lot of it is, right? A lot of the stuff we actually think about what we like. Eating's not for you at home, but yeah. I mean, if you were on this process and you were just making normal corporate money, you might have to like think about, like you might have to think about how much you want to ski and do things like that. And I know this sounds for anybody listening, it sounds like super privileged because it is, but you know, you may have to like minimize that kind of activity. I can't go out to eat and now I can't ski. Fuck this. What about vacations? Like... How do you how do you look at vacations, or did you cut them out of your budget completely, or, or what? Or you... No, it just would be a harder budget line, and so I mean, we tried all the stuff that I think a lot of people did, uh, all inclusives, you know, over the years, right? Be- beach vacations, high end stuff, whatever, uh, and then we came to the conclusion that sounds like we have everything figured out. We we don't, but that where we if we just rent a house and in a cool place that is access to something athletic. So beach, mountain, river, whatever, lake. And then we go get all the food so that we can all be on our own timeline. That was always the best vacation. And that turns out is a lot cheaper. But yeah, I mean, one critique of this is, oh, you're, you're, uh, you're sacrificing your kids enrichment so that you can run away from the workforce. Yeah, but a lot of it is, there's, it sounds like a lot of it just comes down to like a sort of the principles are like when you can do it yourself, which which the, the negative is like, well, after a long day at work, I don't want to make dinner or whatever. The positive is like you're, you're doing an activity with your wife or your family, like cooking together and hanging out together. And uh, like a lot. So the, a lot of it's like do it yourself when you can, even on the vacation thing. Like you go to a cool place, the place and the time with your family is the cool thing not the ridiculous amount of spending money on doing stupid shit. And then, uh, and then just sticking to the plan to, to where that 55 or whatever, where the 45% you're saving, it doesn't exist right now because 
if it exists, you, you might put your hands on it and screw it. You need, it almost seems like you got to make it so it doesn't exist, which is the same concept of like a 401k where like put it away before you can blow it. Right. Right. Exactly. And that is, turns out is a tough process. It's an emotional process and it comes with a lot of external judgment as well. Right. So you did all this and you're, you, what about so you have two teenagers what's your what's your plan with them or are, are they like are they uh, on their on the hook for college like student loans which i think a lot of people now are doing because college is out of control but did you have a plan for that we're saving for that early on just chipped away at it uh well, it, was, it wasn't no let me rephrase it wasn't a chip away it was a very specific amount every month for their whole life basically so you you also the other important thing is like put buckets so to speak like putting buckets like this is for this this is for this this is for this right yes i have yeah it's like you uh, can't just go 45 percent. you kind of have to de- define pieces of it like where it's coming from is what you mean well i'm just saying i don't know for me maybe like so you said it to it, it blows people's minds that you could save somewhere around 45 percent of your salary for 10 years but I think what you did, maybe you're like, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but you probably also broke it down. You're like, all right, I need X per month is going to our kid's college future. X per month is, I don't know, like uh, a car. You, you have to have a car. X is for this or that. Maybe maybe that's how you did vacation time, stuff like that. Like So when you got to the moment, the kid's college or vacation, there was still no hit. You didn't have to rock your 45% for two months or anything. Right. Yes, exactly. It's all bucketed. I think that if the average person were to look at the budgeting process that I have or the, the level of detail, they'd, they'd just be like, fuck you. They'd want to punch me right in the face. And then I think, because it is detailed, because what what I heard, I think one of the things fuck that solidified, <laughs> yeah, it's like, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> one of the things that solidified this for me and was somebody had said, and I can't remember where I heard it, is like, treat your personal finances, like you're the CFO and you know how you're, we've all, if we've been in the corporate world, you've interacted with the chief financial officer and yeah. Oh, two bottles of water for lunch, huh? <laughs> yeah. But really? uh, yeah, it's not just about frugality, but it's just about making the right investments and the right decisions. But like, that's how my budget is, is if I'm managing something super important. And I think we weren't all trained in this. Like many of us treat our personal finances just like an afterthought. It's like, eh. And I think that's a, an initial difference that most people could take advantage of if they just were like, you know what, I'm going to treat this as very, very important. And I find it, by the way, very uh, interesting to have the conversation with you with so many things in flux right now. I'm just like, he's probably thinking, fuck this guy. No, I, this is, I kind of live, it's funny that I essentially live like, like you and have nothing to show for it. It's kind of funny. <laughs> like I don't have, I have like four t-shirts. <laughs> My, I'm not driving a Ferrari or anything, uh, but yeah, I, um, but I will, I also value like, like I've been I, like for, we took our family to Europe last summer. It was, it was amazing. And sure. the kids will always have that. But I mean, yeah. that's, a, that's a lot of money. It and, is. Yeah. Uh, and so you like they, 20. They, yeah, probably. Well, my aunt had rented a, a villa. Let's get, let's make this conversation wider. Why we're at it, you and your Honda. <laughs> my aunt read, read it a villa in Tuscany, and so we popped over there. And then we're like, can't just can't just go to Europe for 
five days. Fuck. So then we bounced around France and Italy and uh, Spain. And uh, but that week, the 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 you know what the worst thing is if you get in a situation where you feel like you're saving money, you, like you you all you end up spending so much more. You're like, got the house is free. Might as well order another dinner. Fuck. You know, you're like, you, you start overdoing it. You're just That's, like, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, you can't just be happy because I have a free house. Nope. I got, it's like, fuck it. Let's party. But right. I mean, that trip was amazing and I, I wouldn't, I'm glad that we did it. But uh, yeah, but, but I just, I think I, I know that living how you did, you probably just didn't deprive yourself that much. Really? Like, no. You didn't need to go to Italy. But no, and you, you know, there's a Europe trip in our future. I just never like. We always talked like, oh, we really want to bring like grumpy teenagers or young kids to Europe. Is that going to be right worth it? So there's always a values conversation, and we feel like, you know, post college or during college, that Europe trip will yield Dude, yield more dividends. Matt, my my thing about that trip is. God, like what I spent to get there and back, people fucking drop it at some man-made vacation in Orlando in like seven days. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, that trip for me is worth it. But but the some of the vacations that people are having where you're like, oh, my God, dude. Like, it's like, I don't know. Like, some some of this stuff has value. I guess it's just what you value. But that, that thing about that trip, it was like my family was – the nice thing about it is my family was like isolated together for like – almost three weeks and that's what made it great like we're experiencing all this shit where we're you know you're in a place where you don't speak the language or you're meeting new people and we were able to do that as a unit together yeah. whereas like we went to universal studios probably spent 1500 and, and nine hours and we didn't even we were like by the end of it we, it's like how do you feel when you go to a bachelor party in vegas after like 48 hours you're like i gotta get out of here <laughs> i fucking hate this shit and like People are dropping crazy money, credit actually, on vacations like that. And that's like a pretty easy one. Like if you wipe that out every year, whether you think your kid's going to die if he doesn't get to see Mickey or not, you're probably 60, 70 grand out of, you know, over a decade right there just by cutting out like stupid shit like that. Fucking YOLO, bro. Fucking YOLO. Right. And there, there's a... An emotional challenge there because one it's like we are a part of a society now that at least if you're in lucky to be in that privileged class so to it's speak fun. i'm or, a disney shareholder by the way it's right funny <laughs> go to disney people don't listen to hippie lands but i know people because i've actually i used to just like make fun of it and then i found some people that it really is a huge part of their life to go to disney and yeah. uh me and too. it's like, fine, I'm totally fine with that. But I would, the emotional challenge is like, I would constantly be questioning myself is like, am I being cheap here? Or is this just something that doesn't make sense to me? And so then I would, I would come up with some funny cracks or talk shit about whatever it is I didn't want to do just to kind of make it clear that, as opposed to like just saying, yeah, it's not for me. Cause truly it isn't. I've, I tried Disney for a day with the kids and I, it was awful. And, and it wasn't something that parting with that money made any sense to me. And I know some people, you've got so much money that it's like, whatever, I can do whatever I want. Right. Um, yeah. But those are the hard, the harder ones. Yeah. Cause you feel like you're denying your kids like some great childhood. The truth is though, I think for most of us, if we're, we're actually philosophizing about what makes for a good childhood, it's like spending time with them. 
you know, some quality time somewhere. Right. Watching, watching your kids and your wife share one ice cream that was budgeted in <laughs> per month. One scoop, Johnny. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. We go to the Froyo place and it's just like, nope, get the little cup and, and only two toppings. <laughs> No. And you're just like, that's for you, 79-year-old Lance. Did that for you, bro. Well, and there, there is that was the transition of at some point I'd gotten to where like flipped for me to leave work because it's like you have enough for the future. I yeah, there's quite this is one question I got when I, I was like when I I tell friends or family I reconnected with Lance, uh oh, he he's not doing he's he's retired. I don't know what I say. It's even hard for me to talk about it. He's not doing anything right now. He's fucking sitting around. <laughs> but but here, I, you can talk about this if you'd like, but but immediately people go, so what about his wife? They go, I go, yeah, she's still she's still doing her thing, has her has her practice and everything. Ah, okay. So they immediately discount what you did. They just they just go, Wow. Lance just leaning on her. So you want to talk a little bit about A. Well, I think he told me that actually she just likes working. You you set it up where, where you guys set it up where she probably doesn't have to. Or B, what what do you say to that? Because that's probably one of the criticisms you hear or some, I don't know, what like a judgment, I guess is a better word. Or is it true? It could just be true, which is fine too. It helps that she's working, right? Oh, it definitely helps. And because I, but no, she she's not, that's like her thing. If If I were to say, stop doing therapy, talk about, disrupting somebody's life and not you need to stop that to do uh, these these so-called retirement things she lose her mind so it was never about that it was never about the money right. more about what she wants to do on a day-to-day basis does it help and it helped me be able to even consider it earlier of course but it's we could we could stop that make a few adjustments and be okay you're not retired bro you're a stay-at-home dad is there a good age to do it with kids? Like, cause if you start to think about your kids, oh shit, they gotta go to college. Oh shit, then they're gonna start driving, or oh, we gotta do this. Is it? You think it's? It, I mean, the answer is probably better to start it when they're young, cause you have more runway. But was there a good? Was there an age where you went? Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. We need to live. I need the money right now. Or like, did it become apparent when it was the right time to do it? I would say it's probably easier when your kids are younger because you don't have any pressure from them, any social pressure. It's like if you were to go to your teenage daughter right now and just be like, all right, we're downsizing our house. What? Why? Or we're going to go from this um, nice SUV to this piece of shit minivan. You know, she'd kind of lose her mind. Or I got it, one. But it, I got one. Yeah. Or, or uh, <laughs> yeah. we got separated. Now I live in another place. I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. I- Go ahead. Well, no, yeah. yeah. So, like, I think that that can be harder. But if they're used to the the lifestyle that you lead and the rhythm of your life already, um, it's, they're they're not going to know any different. Do you think this has been like a good lesson for them? Where they in the future they're going to be like, yeah, I want to do that too. Or like, are they are they they realize what's going on? Or you try to shelter it from them just so they can live their lives. Um, no, now they do like, it's like this whole idea. Oh, you're retired, blah, blah, blah. And they give me shit. I think everybody kind of gives me shit. I think my mom looks at me a little sideways, uh, uh, you know, uh, but they think it's kind of cool. You think that, but do they, will they live like that? Uh, I don't know, man. It's. 
Are, I mean, are, are they living like that? I don't oh, know. Oh, well, like, yeah. My he, son's taken, he takes, um, I'd say he takes like 35, 40% of his allowance and he puts it in, into stocks every really? week. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Is that a, a you, like your family thing you think, or is that just something that kids are starting to do now? Like as, as they have more act, cause, you, cause anybody can get a, an account now, right? And start trading or buying. Is there, are any of his friends doing that? Uh, pro, I don't know. That was my influence, but like, no, they are. They're like, there's video games about stock trading, but it's all about get rich quick and like hitting right. it big and all that Watching stuff. Watching that, who's that guy that screams all the time? I like, Jim like Cramer. college kids love, love that shit, right? Yeah. It's all about, I'm going to start day trading and get rich quick and all this stuff. And that is the polar opposite of this approach. This approach, actually, as you get into the middle of it, it is the most mind-numbing, depressing experience of your life because your goal is far off and you're trying to figure out how to separate your present life, the you know the happiness in your present life from this distant goal that you think will make you happy. And then you reach the goal and then you're like, eh, okay, whatever. And then you retire like I have and you're like, eh, okay. It's good in a lot of ways, but it's like, it's like your problems don't get solved. What was... Do you remember what that what that moment was like? Like the, when you said, "I'm like I quit," or "I I'll see you guys." Like, do you remember that specifically? It's a pretty big yeah. one. I did it in my head like nine months before, and I was like, "Yeah, it's gotta I gotta be done here. I gotta I'm I'm denying myself some other opportunities in in this life." I was sort of starting to get really worried about missing out, and then then when I ultimately decided and told other people it's just like pure elation <laughs> like thinking i'm like for for like a week like look at me such a badass right and then you realize everybody thinks you're kind of a piece of shit was there like a monday morning where you just went well i don't have anything to do but that never happens in life like you probably had to take your kids to school and then they probably screwed something up at the house so you had to go to the hardware store or call a repair guy or would I like it, it? It doesn't happen like that, right? Where like one day, Monday, sun is shining. You you're watching the other people in the neighborhood, their cars pull out to go to work, and you're just standing in your fucking pajamas, giving everyone the finger, as happy as can be. Did that happen? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, because life just fills it up. But I mean, yeah, I've I've been bored, but now I'm like, I'm obviously reading these strange self-help things that are like you've got to have some boredom in your life and i'm just trying all these things and ideas that have percolated over the years and uh it's a, it's a real uh, privilege i think to try different stuff so the whole backpacking adventure by myself this summer that was part of something i've been talking about for years plan to do that again um, but i would have never done that while working just because it would have felt that's just you just reminded me of something back to the saving like so backpacking trip there's there's a lot of risk there how do you what did you do with like health insurance and stuff like uh did you plan for that or how, what do people do it's so tied to your job in the u.s that's, that's why i ask yeah and there's about four thousand episodes in this in this um, financial independence community but essentially you budget for it as if it's just another expense and you you go through the of uh, the affordable care act exchange and the nice thing is, is you were in that industry too, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some real tricks 
and uh, in this financial independence of how to like lower your taxable income in order to make certain things cheaper, like insurance. Uh huh. You get a better rate. You get a better rate if you if you have a lower salary. Essentially, what you're saying. Yeah. Let's just say there are some people in this who, if they're living f- exclusively off of their stock portfolio, they found ways to like make their income look like number one all their stuff is paid off. So the only expenses that they have to pay for are like food and entertainment. Uh, but they make their income so low that they're virtually getting insurance fully subsidized. You could argue whether that's ethical or whatever, but that's what some people are doing. So there's a lot of financial tricks, dude, to to make this stuff work, to travel cheap, to do different things. Uh, it has to float your boat though. Cause I know some people like the thought of thinking about money, you know, maybe they make a lot of money, but they're just like, Oh yeah, just, I don't have time to think about that shit, dude. I'm just, right. I'm just taking just care the, of my family. I'm, just that I'm, idea of sheltering the money to get lower health insurance. Like you had to do some work to do that or like figure it out. Right. Well, right. And I go back, well, wouldn't a CFO do that? And then if you want to give more money away, wouldn't a CFO figure out, well, how can I be more charitable? Like, so whatever financial decision is, I try to look at it pretty seriously. What do you, you're, what are you about a half year into it? Yeah, about seven, seven months. And now what, what do you, what have you learned? Like, are you like, cause people always like, I, I do believe that, that, uh, it's like the bear Brian or Joe Paterno rule. Like, once you get off the horse, you got to be careful of not just dying like immediately. If you don't, if you don't have something to do or some value uh, or somebody to love or something like that, like so, what have you? What are you? What are you gonna do for the next forty years? You think like what? What have you learned the last seven months? You're like, I can't do this, or I'm gonna fucking, or I, I got to do this. Like, what have you learned? What am I gonna do for the next forty years, Matt? Are you fucking kidding me? 40 years? Yeah, it's a, that's a good question. I, I think there is a black and white comparison. It's like, oh, if you're not working, then boy, you, you're not, you're not really contributing like anymore. You Jerry don't have, Springer and, yeah, you don't have a lot right. of value or you've, you just lost uh, your mental capacity. Right. All, all, none of that is true. But yes, if you aren't engaged and you have retired to just chill, you would see some some deterioration for sure. Uh, so uh, sir, I've just service in general, like the coaching and working with kids. And, um, I love this. The concept of this is just, I think for both of us, this is like a springboard to something. If not something, maybe we carry this on as like the backbone of other things we do potentially in the future. Uh, so this has been this something is I've important, wanted, right? This like, is huge. I mean, something I've wanted to do for a long time, is talk about men's issues and uh, um, life issues. Do it in a podcast format. I just always thought it'd be fun. Yeah, so like I don't, I'm not looking at it as like narrow-minded as I might have in the past, because it's like there's so many different things to try and explore that are not. Some of them are selfish. Uh, I know that those selfish things won't be sustaining. Uh, that there'll be good experiences, but like, it's not like, oh, well, I got to hike all the 14ers in Colorado. That's not what necessarily drives me. Although some of that would be pretty fun. You have to do it with like an an orphaned kids. And then like you hire (laughs) homeless people to serve the food so that they get employed. 
the, just right. the guilt, the guilt weighing on you for every action <laughs> you get to blow yeah. it up. Whereas it's like, well, I could just go back to work and spend all my money and go out to eat three times. A, yeah, no, no big deal. And everybody would right. accept me. Now I have to like justify why I, I'm worthy of retiring early. No, but this, that, that coaching stuff and, and working with kids, uh, I could see that being a big part of my life. I mean, shit, dude, every time I talk to you, you're, you're coaching like a full-time job, like more than Mike Malone of the Nuggets. Yeah. Well, you're, uh, I'm working with privileged white kids at the moment. Oh, so white kids are bad. Wouldn't want to put any effort into helping white kids, huh? Huh, Lance? If you get off to unprivileged minorities, then people are going to accuse you of trying to take advantage of to get better players. So you're huh. not going to win, dude. Yeah. And win. yeah, yeah. not. Uh, yeah, so there you go. So would you That's, say that the, you, the goal was actually to become more engaged than less engaged? It, it, it might. That's probably what's going to drive you into your mid-90s as a healthy person. Like, you didn't do it to sit, to sit around. Yeah, I just, I don't think we'd be doing, I know we would not be doing this and would not even have talked to some of the friends that we haven't seen in 10, 15 years. We would have not done any of that had I not retired and said, yo, Matt, we should do this. So I, I look at that as a gift and I feel like that those options to try things, like I could come down there for three weeks and just try to learn to surf. I, that's not, it's possible while working. It's just like the mindset isn't there. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. So I, I need a car big enough that we can both sleep in to keep you on your financial path, but also. No, dude, we can get a, we'll get a condo. Get a condo. Bring it. We're going to the grocery store first, right? That's, that's what happens. I'll budget in uh, one <laughs> night per week, eat out. Fast casual only. <laughs> Just that's awesome. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty impressive. Any other any other uh, things you got as far as the doubters? We talked about oh, it's just because his wife's taking care of him, or uh... yeah, I don't even care. Oh, really? You don't care? Is that why you have this self-deprecating voice dropping in every five minutes? Yeah, yeah, but that but that's such a big piece of it, though. Like people that can't get over that or can't do it. It's not just for to retire. Like this is probably a more of a like a life. You could still do what you're doing and still work. It's not just to retire, right? But you kind of, you kind of just went. I, I identified my bat, my what, what I, my values are, and one of them is not a luxurious car, house, or or going out all the time, stuff like that. It's just not part of your value in your criteria, right? So, right, and there the were a lot thing. of. Yeah, there are a lot of philosophies converging on me and and that were appealing. So there was like a minimalism movement and this financial independence movement. They intersected uh, at, the, at the time for me in my brain to kind of bring together some of these things. But yeah, you, you have to essentially resist what other folks are doing and, and maybe not uh, spend money the same way as everybody else. It's tough to do because the comparison piece is so hard. Are you is any is any are you going to do anything with music as some of our listeners is any any of this to get back into where you were before you went down this corporate path? I would have said yes, but like I'm just finding this different creative outlet is more appealing at the moment. So if I have 
the commercials. I'm si- yeah, I'm sitting there thinking about silly stuff like that, and then like thinking about this show. Not that we really plan much for an episode, but like it, uh, the editing process, it's all kind of a fun new thing. So I'm not really there, although I am playing more guitar. But yeah, but it doesn't matter. You probably, you probably, with all this other shit going through your head, you probably have something going on where you're like, "Well, I'm not really playing music so that other people can like tell me that it's good or not." You just like enjoying playing the guitar. Maybe it's all it's all part of it a little bit. Yeah, it is. And it's like, a, it sounds self-righteous and all this stuff like, oh, you're a minimalist and you know, trying to retire early. It's all super self-righteous because it's different. But it's also like, I just feel like everybody, when I bring this up, I was skeptical or hesitant to talk about this because I just feel like it's just something people can talk shit about so easily. We'll see. We'll see what the feedback is. I, I hear even talk, even because I think in episode one, we, we talked about it a little bit and I've heard I, people have mocked, like mocked you through me. Like it, the, it's just the weirdest thing. Cause people go, yeah, that's great, dude. That's what I want to do. Just, just have all my debts paid off and, and fucking do nothing. That's awesome. Good that he could do it, but I got kids and they're in school and they're just like, yeah, whatever. But then you're like, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Just, <laughs> just do that you could do it right <laughs> it's like yeah no yeah you're right uh, but you know what you know what it is someone said i i love my house so much man like uh, they just built a giant house yeah you can do the mocking uh for me because that's i would never say that stuff but you can right. for me because yeah. that's it dude Dude, I just love indie car racing. So I'm going to go to the Indy 500 every fucking year, bro. And we're going to rent a house and 15 of my buddies, we're going to like just blow it. And like, that's not something I'm willing to give up, dude. I'm not yeah. going to fucking give that up, bro. I mean, this, you know, just so I can fucking retire early and sit around and fucking do nothing, dude. Fucking Indy's huge. This is the kind of shit that you hear. Yeah, I just fucking love my house, man. I, I built that you know the barbecue we put the all that expensive brick around the barbecues so it looks like a really cool backyard kitchen i fucking love that we hang around there every fucking night man we hang around that thing like every fucking night bro i would never give that up great that's great (laughs) exactly great yeah that's really yeah but it's interesting how that you must have dealt with this a lot but the it gets for no reason it gets very defensive like quickly like someone will go, hey, what is this? Is my viewpoint, so it must be a hundred times more, like more intense for you. Hey, what does Lance do? He's retired. That's fucking great. Oh, I can't. Do- You're like, whoa, take it easy, dude. <laughs> it, it gets it gets all like spirited quickly. It's like you probably need to figure yourself out because it's not Lance's fault. Whatever, whatever, whatever. You're, I well, I got, I got to pay off this. I got this, and it's like, yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. You don't have to retire, but if it's bothering you, then take care of it you know well sometimes i'll talk to pretty very wealthy people i mean people that are making a lot of money per year i don't think they know what and this is another judgment but maybe they don't know what enough is if they even desired to get out of the workforce i don't think they would know what enough money was and like we're talking about people that are making 700 maybe 800 a year and like a lot of like insane money (laughs) and uh it just, I don't know if they knew it would ever be enough. Is it 10 million? Is it 20 million? When you say like rich people are, are almost like poor by their own mentality, like, cause they don't know what is enough. So, so they're unsatisfied. 
they're like completely unfulfilled and unsatisfied. And so it's, it's more about that. It's not necessarily the amount. It's like, are you, con- are you content where you're at and are you fulfilled with where you're at? Is, is, and you can do that at uh, $300 a month, as I see people here making, literally 300 bucks a month or with the 3 million a, a month or, or somewhere in between. So. Yeah, that's uh, such a good point. And I know they're doing, they've done some research on just happiness and how obviously it depends on what country you live in, but certain amounts of money make you no happier once you cross that threshold of, you know, basic survival and comfort. And so for someone in Costa Rica, that threshold is probably much lower than uh, income in the U.S., but still there are people in Africa and, and even just even lower income countries, way lower than the U.S. that are so much more satisfied and content with life right. than many, many of us are. So I, I haven't circumvented that by virtue of this retire early. I mean, I'll still fret about different triggers and things that happen, but I, I, just to get a little closer of just living the way I want to live is, uh, is better. But is, could you, could you go on the way you, that, that, that raises a good, uh, line of questioning. Could you go on committed to coaching and doing this? Are, are you, and do you feel like you're fulfilled right now or, or is it like, nope, I'm still looking for the, the perfect way this works. I could go on with this for a while, for sure. I think the challenge is that ha- you still have kids in the house and you can't really dig in deep to different things. Some of the things I want without kind of feeling like you're abandoning. So there's definitely some adventures I want to have that like, I don't know, my kids constantly playing basketball and my daughter's about to transition out of high school into college and all that. And it's like, it's not the time for me to like, I don't know, fucking go to Tibet and, and learn to meditate. Whatever adventures I have in my head, that's actually not one of them. <laughs> So there's some there's there's a little bit of a a tug of war going on because I, I originally planned to do this in in a couple of years, mostly because of the kids. You know, you want to have that flexibility when they're out of the house. Well, you checked one box was was getting this podcast to 13 episodes, I believe. Yep, couldn't have done that. You were you were sitting in front of a PowerPoint presentation right now on a on a what is it, a Tuesday a Tuesday afternoon. I'm kind of worried about this episode just because it's like, I don't know. It just does feel so polarizing. Well, that's because this is solely you and I love it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, every, every time I, I mention you, it comes up it's like, what's Lance doing? And I got to sit there and be like, this is what Lance is doing. And then so it's the, about you like getting that burden off your shoulders. Exactly. Well, I think it's great, but I, I think a lot of people are like, I would not be surprised if one or two people are like, fuck it, I'm doing it. Like just listening to this. I'll help <laughs> but, them. I mean, it's pretty fun to like get somebody when they're excited. It also gives you a reason to hate your job. It's like the positive of it is like, oh, you're getting your life together. But people that are looking for more reasons to hate their corporate job or their, we keep saying corporate. I don't know why, but it's not all jobs yeah. are corporate, but, but uh People are like, damn it, I just heard that, I'm buying in, I hate I hate this more. It's like, you can pour kerosene on the fire. And uh, I think people listen to this and go, fuck it, I'm going to do that. Some might, yeah, and some might be, the which I've heard it all before, of like, okay, so let's walk through this. <laughs> let's walk through the logical conclusion of if all of us did this, oh, then yeah, how yeah. would your investments do? What would happen to the global economy? Uh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, okay. 
Yeah. Not everybody's going to do it. Not even anywhere near close. Well, if we ever, we didn't, wouldn't have had to get to this point where that stuff matters if we stayed in this path, which a lot of people think that would be a better way for us all to be living as well. But. Well, don't you know, 70% of the U.S. economy is built around spending. So what you're telling me is you're not contributing. You're not spending. No, I'm spending. I'm just play this out. Play this out for humanity. I also, there's a bit of like what you put your time in. I know this hasn't necessarily worked out in some of the European countries because of their pension crises and, and all like state funded stuff, just like collapsing their economy and not enough revenue. But like, why is being in the workforce for 25 years? Like, that's, that's pretty solid, you know? Like, yeah, if you're a like, police officer or a fireman, it's like spot yeah. on. Fuck you. But so like, it's not, it's not like you didn't fuel the economy for, for enough years. You did your part, Lance, in my opinion, and you're still spending money. So, right. That's right. And there are gaps in the economy too, Matt, that I can fill. There are gaps of need that only somebody who can work for free can fill. Mm -hmm. Like providing yeah. entertainment value for between an hour and two hours a week. That's right. For example, baby. Yes, yeah. sir. coaching their right. kids while they're, they're at work, making extra money to go to a Dave and Buster's for four hours and drop 600 bucks. <laughs> I'm nervous. What about this episode? Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's got a douchebag alert all over it potentially, but I, I don't know. I, just, I feel like I should, at least it's honest. Ah, let's dig in there. Why? Why do you have you still harbor some guilt about making these decisions? It's such a privileged point of view. It's such a privileged status to have, and it's different. So it's susceptible to more judgment. Like if I sold a company, I don't think many people would question that. Like, oh yeah, I started a business. Oh, then you worked really hard and you sold that company, and now you're reaping the benefits of it. Versus like. Oh yeah, I worked in the corporate world 25 years and I saved more money than most people and now I'm able to not work. And that's like, what? That's fucking stupid. <laughs> You're a menace to society. Uh, those are all, that's an internal dialogue, but. Um, it's true though, probably. Like, but does that get to you or are you immune to it now? Doesn't matter to me except for that I want this podcast to be helpful to people and obviously be entertaining. And I don't want to be like a source of, confusion or like ah fuck him yeah but i think what's important though is you is you vo you vocalize that stuff because this is if anyone's thinking about like any major life change that's not necessarily like on the path they, these are things they're gonna have to deal with internally and externally some sort of unforeseen judgment it's just like quitting drinking a little bit where you're like this it's a good we're, savings a good thing right oh, but i'm being judged in a weird way about it and so people are gonna have to face that if they're even considering anything like this so the fact that you're expressing it, it can only do our our listeners let's make a how many listeners we have joke right here to deflect <laughs> i haven't deflected all episode man four listeners all right i'm gonna do say it again you expressing that can only make our four listeners rethink what they what they need to do i'm gonna have to tie some really distracting commercials to this shit. this is the like, fucked up thing i knew it you're gonna have to like, go off the rails on the commercials like, interrupt it like seven times i thought it was great 
I need my coffee, ho. 20 years rolling with that OG Joe. I got me a big ass cup. Sipping that shit make me bust a nut. Motherfuckers try to talk about some tea. Nah, fool. Grind them beans. Get your fat ass up and start my brew. If you're lucky, bitch, I might say thank you. Cause all you need to know, I need my coffee, ho. I need my coffee, ho. Yeah. Seniors 94 is written and produced by Matt and Lance. Jingles, commercials, editing by Lance. Stand-up comedy by Matt. Musical support for this episode, Horsey Footage and Hag Films. Thanks for listening.